0: Three cast, official
1: three What's happening, everybody? This is V3Cast episode number 20. <laughs> One year's worth of V3Cast. Congratulations, fellas. Yes, thank you. Thanks. Congratulations to you guys. We did it, we yeah. did it. That's right. They said we, we couldn't it do
2: it. it. It's a they year all later. Said, They all said we couldn't do it. Yes. We in put your their face, dicks in the daughters. dirt. We said we'll fucking show you. <laughs> How many hours of content
1: is that? That's, 20 hours? Roughly. Yeah, something like that. Because some of yeah, them are under. Just under a full day. Some of them
2: are under some of them are over
1: so yeah you have a whole a whole day's worth of v3 cast if you if you still want to binge it somehow saying yes.
2: 20 hours doesn't sound that impressive
1: i know right i, I like a year better it's a long time yeah. man
2: imagine listening yeah, to yeah. Us no i was gonna hours. say yeah, i was gonna say like 500 hours but 20 is way less than 500. but right. one year one year that sounds impressive now, That's good. If,
1: if you really want to have some impressive numbers, you gotta change that shit to minutes, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gotta change. Yeah, how the many scale minutes up. is that? <laughs> so we have a fun show here um, for the 20th episode of V three cast. But before we get into the show, what
2: are y'all drinking? Keeping it simple today, I'll tell you. Coors banquet. Come on. Oh, yeah, it's good.
1: I feel like if you <laughs> yeah. drink that because it it's says beer. banquet, you'll be full after you drink that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's the it's the official beer of Cobra Kai. It's what uh, Johnny Lawrence is always drinking. So there you go.
0: Steve, go ahead, because I'm going to be the cherry on top of this segment. OK,
1: well, I got something from the old school, bringing it to this new school. 20th episode. of know are you ready? it is. White Monster. Town Club Orange. Town are, you, Club. Are, you, are you kidding me? nice that's where it's at
0: i haven't had one of these in
1: forever where'd you find it uh at this party store like about a mile away i I just i stopped and i'm like you know sometimes these random party stores have really fun obscure drinks that uh, you haven't seen
2: in a while and
1: yeah enough they 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 delivered
2: coming on strong for the one year anniversary how does it taste
1: Mm. exactly the same Good. It's awesome. That's now, good.
2: It's, it's oh good, yeah. Right? Yeah yeah.
1: Okay. If they would have had cream soda type of thing, yeah. I would have done the mix. You they mix have that flavor. You, you did that with um,
2: You do that with Faygo too, don't you?
1: Yeah, because um, those two flavors are are um more easy to find. But the town yeah. the town club was limited. It only had like about five flavors, and um, I don't even actually know what they make.
2: Yeah, I yeah. think uh, Perhaps isn't an orange, orange the best? Isn't orange the best? Yeah,
1: that's why I grabbed orange. Yeah, thank you. Pretty much with anything, Gatorade with anything, it, orange is, is is like a go to, a safe orange safe Orange candy, the best is it? Orange, orange candy. For, I challenge.
0: Uh, I challenge Aaron's assertion.
2: What name an orange candy? What is an orange candy? Orange Jolly Ranchers are awesome. Orange yep. Starbursts oh are awesome. Yep. Orange Skittles are Skittles. Awesome. Yep. I could name orange candy all night, Greg. <laughs>
0: but guess what orange is not the best flavor in any of those candies that you it just named. but it, it is, is not. you can ask anyone
2: listen <laughs> you can't ask anyone and anyone will tell you that orange is the best aaron you're about to find out in the comments no. i know that you, everybody loves listed, red hold on
0: you listed skittles starburst yeah. and what's yes. the other one jolly rancher jolly rancher right. in the comments Tell orange, that he, orange
2: jelly beans too.
0: Dominant in any of those. Thumbs down. Keep, you know. People
2: tend to like cherry and strawberry. You know what? That's fine, Middle America. You can like what you like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> orange pop is good though, but not orange candy. I don't. Know orange you're, candy you're is great, about. Greg.
2: You take that shit right on back.
1: <laughs> nope, I will not. I stand by it. <laughs> well um, that must mean that Greg has an orange flavored beer that he's about to unveil or something now an orange beer would be delicious right
0: yes
2: it would
1: I like the orange slice that. floating in there or you're talking yes. about
2: actually orange up in there I don't know citrus whatever hold on right I'll be right back
1: wait what in the world
0: <laughs> wait where did Aaron go this was not planned is he gonna have two beverages I don't know what he's doing he's gonna get some <laughs> orange candy probably Dun
2: dun dun! See, you want more of that tropical stuff? Here we go. This orange Voodoo Ranger Juice Force IPA. It's the most orange beer I've ever had. So I'm gonna have that instead of the course tonight because oh, you already opened it
0: up. You already wait. You already
1: I opened know. the course. I don't care.
2: I don't care. I don't care. Maybe I'll drink both. I don't care. We'll see. We'll see how <laughs> hey, it goes. This is the 20th episode. Let's get crazy. We're getting crazy. It's been one year, man. <laughs> Anything goes tonight. That's right. What's your uh, what's your pick, Greg? What's your beef? Well, I'm gonna. I mean, I'm your, gonna, cl- I'm gonna class
0: of? this joint up right. this week and really change it up.
1: Oh my sparrow, god! What is that bottle?
0: Tequila. <laughs> oh wow! And I'm, and I'm doing a shot. Oh, oh man! man. <laughs> that nice. that just went, like took the gold medal right there uh, of wins. every hey, episode. This is a shot glass i got for my most recent birthday yeah so cheers to you guys on 20 episodes and everybody telling aaron how he's wrong about orange candy (laughs) (laughs)
1: all right well speaking of the 20th episode the one year anniversary of v3 cast we must must say thank you to everybody who watches the episodes shares it tells their friends comments likes all that stuff man you guys really help us out and it's really cool we get a lot of feedback in our comments and sometimes in the email so people are interacting with what we're talking about so it's cool it's like we're creating this nice community we have people from all over the world Australia the UK uh United States Canada so uh let's keep it going man let's uh keep talking about cool movies and film and comic books and Dungeons and Dragons and beers and whatever else we
0: have scores fun. this will be the only episode where we talk about orange candy
2: <laughs> just for the record yes <laughs> I mean we it would be weird if we talked about it all the time as great as it is that's right it's like are these
1: guys a band or are they candy makers I'm not sure what's going on here <laughs> so in uh, in celebration of the one-year anniversary of v3 cast we put together a fun little sizzle reel of some of our top fun moments from all the episodes. So
2: uh, enjoy. Uh, it's a ninja movie from the eighties. And we were like, what? Yeah. Okay. We That's can handle best. that. Like, it was like, <laughs> yeah, uh, we're going to do that. You know, if you told me it was a, a Western from the sixties, I would have been like, all right, we'll make it work. But the ninja movie thing, you know, it was like right up our alley. That's, our bread and butter we grew up on that stuff so these sunglasses i got in the mail i don't know who they came from i think it might have been one of our like people who watch the podcast or something but i got these sunglasses just yesterday in the mail
1: wait a minute wait a minute so i got sunglasses in the mail too and i didn't i didn't order them i don't even no, know where they came from either i
2: didn't order these
1: so it must be right. it must be a podcast people uh sending it right
0: so so wait a minute Somebody sending you guys sunglasses? I didn't get any.
2: What the hell? What in the rice? What? What's going on here? What? what? I don't know what you're talking about. What's uh, going on here? Aaron? We've got two that can
1: see. We played a show at the cat house on one night, and then we had another show in Huntington Beach the very next night, and we didn't have a place to stay. So we, a lot of times one of our missions was to try to find a, a fan that would let us crash huh. at their house. That was always a mission that we would do. But on this particular occasion, that didn't happen. So we ended up uh, just saying, oh, h- hell with it. We're just gonna uh, crash in the van. We'll find like a strip mall or something like that and park in the parking lot um, and and sleep there and get an early start and head off to Huntington Beach the next day. So we found this little strip mall, not too far from the Sunset Strip. And uh we went to sleep. And uh because we're not experienced West Coast people, we did not know that it's you know <laughs> super fucking hot in the in during the daytime there because it's basically desert, right? So uh when we woke up the next morning in the van, it was probably about a hundred and eight degrees in the van. And I thought I was gonna die. It was so hot and I was so thirsty, I couldn't even you can't even measure how incredibly hot and thirsty that i was so i kind of staggered out of the van and i was looking for any place that would sell anything to drink i don't care what it was i just needed to have something to drink so there was and, and it was fresh blacktop on the parking lot <laughs> at, at this uh strip mall so we were we, we could have died honestly um
2: did we did we even crack the
1: windows no open? i'll tell you oh. why we didn't do that because we didn't we thought somebody would like mess with us or something overnight or something like that or give somebody an opportunity to do bad stuff what i don't know why we didn't crack the windows but we did not so we were in this hot box (laughs) trying to kill ourselves basically so i staggered out of the van and found this like health food store was the only thing that was open um so i i i meandered into this health food store and i'm like they're not gonna have anything for me to drink in here so i'm looking around and they had Believe it or not, I know this might sound crazy, but in my very young years, Aaron, our Aunt Judith would uh juice carrots, if you recall, back back when she lived uh, in downtown Detroit at the, at the apartment down there, the Park Sheldon. And so I had carrot juice before in my in my little kid years. <laughs> so so I went in there and I bought this humongous ice cold carrot juice. It probably probably like, you know, that tall, like however big a big Gatorade bottle is, right? And I drank that thing in one tilt. I just downed this carrot juice. And it was the most delicious thing I had ever had in my whole life. And I think it saved my life. So I, I, I was so, I just cherished this drink as I was drinking because it was so hot. And then and then the clouds lifted and I felt like I was going to make it. And then sure, sure enough, we needed to do laundry really bad because we had been on the road for probably over a week at that point. And next door to the health food store was a laundromat. So we got to wash our clothes and I didn't die from heat stroke and it ended happily. But that was, that's my crazy cookie. One of many tour stories. It says, uh, Hey guys, just wanted to share some local beer with you to enjoy on the podcast. I tried to see if there was any local microbrewing place doing ginger beer, but found nothing you can't get anywhere else. Keep making some kick ass music and hopefully we'll run into you at a convention in the near future. Thanks the found on shelf podcast, Dustin and Patrick guys, man, Come thank on. you so much. So here's what we got. Are you ready? We got two different kinds of beers. The first one we got is from level beer. It's called game on. And I know you guys love that can. It is so cool. It's super Mario brothers all day long. And uh, let
0: me look at that. Let me look
1: at that. It's an Indian pale ale. Well, hey, Greg, I'll tell you what, man, why don't you just take one? Are you ready? Here you go, man. Enjoy. All right. And then the other one we got. Game on. That's right. Is by.
0: Hold on. Let's get the sound of me
1: cracking. Yeah, there you, you go. Crack that into the mic. Oh, man. That's the <laughs> sound that? of success. I felt like you Cheers. cracked open two. <laughs> yeah, it sounded
0: like
1: two. <laughs> All right. I hopefully, felt it. Hopefully it's ice cold. Now, oh, the yeah. other one. It's real cold. But it's from uh, Elysian Brewing and it's called Altered Contact what do you think about that look
0: at that can aaron My this God. kind of
1: like spoofing um altered <laughs> state film you should Let give me that see, one Aaron, that. aaron me one. Uh, you want one of these can man? that to Aaron yeah. okay. here, here you go man cool oh, Hell yeah enjoy man enjoy it's great um Let's so again thanks super super amount to uh to uh found on the shelf podcast Dustin and Patrick man
2: yeah that you was guys rock.
1: super cool really appreciate it
2: it's got a great name, Mr. Blue Sky. You know, I love uh I like Oh, brother. yeah. This is Michigan, uh Michigan, Michigan wheat, cherry wheat ale. And wait. it even has. That you know, sounds wait. sophisticated.
0: Tray. Wait, stop right there. What does it have in
2: it? Cherry, bro- brother. <laughs> cherry. <laughs> yeah. That was why. Well, that was why I did, when I, When I got it, I was like, I'm going to show Greg that I can diversify a little bit. So there you go.
0: I have not had that. It's from Griffin Claw.
1: I just checked my phone and indeed hell has frozen over. Yeah. Aaron has a cherry beer. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I do think that cherry is okay. Remember, I was giving you my what? inconsistent. I gave you my inconsistent bullshit where I was like, some fruits are okay in a beer, <laughs> some are not. Cherry's okay, but banana is not. And Sorry, coffee it's is the not. Way it is. Coffee's not. Wait, wait. I've Are never,
1: you, ever heard of a, in my whole life a beer that has banana in it. You're making that shit up.
2: They they do it. Line and Kugels probably has it. Just to <laughs> all, just to mess with me. All I know is
0: Aaron's 100% wrong about coffee and beer, especially stouts. He's 100% wrong.
2: I'm so, wrong, that like, I don't like it.
0: <laughs> you're wrong that it doesn't belong. You can like it. That's your statement that certain ingredients don't belong in beer. Isn't I that I your think that
2: was my statement? I think it was my statement. I think statement it was. I don't like it. We're
0: gonna have to go to the tapes. Let's <laughs> go to the tapes.
2: Instant replay. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: what was Aaron's statement? Cherry's okay, but <laughs> banana is not. Coffee's not. Brazil was the movie in between Time Bandits and Baron Munchausen. Brazil's a great movie. Um it's been a while since I've seen it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go watch it again. But um Cam you said, Steve. You said you would see Brazil. You haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I've never seen that one. It was and totally I don't think Cam. One. I don't think Cam believed you. I don't think he believed you. Really? So I'm saying, yeah, <laughs> he said something about. He was quoting a movie, I think, and he said like, he said, uh, I, 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 don't want to see it, and I won't see it. You can't make me, or something like that. It sounded like it was something from a movie. Either way, oh no,
1: no, but- no. You know what that was from? He he What's was that? saying about the swamps of sadness and what happened. We were saying we don't want to say it, and he was saying, "Say it, say it. I'm not going to see it. That's what that was." Right. But that, no, I have not seen. No, there is a chance that if I start watching Brazil, I might go. Oh, wait a minute. I've seen that, but I don't think I have. I don't. I don't well, I'm laying
2: that. it out for you, the Cam Floyd challenge. All right. That if you don't watch <laughs> Brazil before the next podcast. I get to beat your ass. All right. I I'm going to be in trouble. Just like when we were kids and I used to beat you up all over the place.
1: <laughs> you were so only good.
2: about 8 inches taller than me and I used to settle down Aaron. Um, you know, feel free to edit these if I talk about them too much. I try to keep it brief, but um you can't help it. I know I can't help it. I'm loquacious. Um,
0: (laughs) that should be in the credits
1: (laughs) well that's some of our favorite moments from the past year of v3 cast if you have a favorite moment leave it in the comments and uh any suggestions for future episodes we're always open to that too so uh hit us up ask v3cast
2: at gmail.com or the comments in the video I'm gonna call an Audible right now. I have a brand new segment that I just thought of oh, just a minute man. ago. And even you guys don't know what this segment is. It's brand new. And uh I think that it has a future. I think that with something we can do, we can I'm all be this all right. is called collecting cool stuff. Okay, because we all three collect all kinds of cool stuff, a variety of all kinds of things. So okay. this is something okay. I've been obsessed with lately. And I've gotten I don't know I think twenty of them or something, uh, maybe more. Um, and I can't show them all because they're all like stacked up over there. But these are these um, these Marvel Legends figures. They're these retro mm. figures, and they're super cool because they look like the stuff from the seventies and eighties. The the yeah. costumes they have for these guys are the retro suits. It's not like the you know the two thousand twenty version of Wolverine. Yeah. it's all this this old school stuff you story. you mean
0: like where the the suit is like been rubbed in mud yeah like yeah. that 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 kind of thing it's not i don't that, know is what you're it's what it's not that
2: it's not like because that's whatever. what they
0: do nowadays in the superhero movies anything? they just take the costume and drag it through the mud and make it real dark and dirty i don't
2: know i don't know about that i don't know <laughs> it's <about> true <laughs> but in the comics the movies you'll see it In the comic books there's attention deficit disorder and they change their outfits like every month you know they can never have anything consistent or or old school anymore so these versions of these characters are like the classic versions from the 70s and 80s where i came in where we all came in that's pretty sweet um, man i didn't know they made those yeah they're awesome they they've been around for just a couple years and they've done a few you know like four waves or something of them and um i have i've been getting crazy with it because they're like first I was like well all I really need is Captain America Wolverine. and Wolverine oh then it, it, later, never like, there. No, it never stops there no never stops there I'm gonna need Spider-Man and I need Cyclops and I need Magneto and everybody else so well I know, wasn't I, sure I, you know, if really... you're
1: like Steve
0: Martin and the jerk
1: yes
2: yeah. yeah that's
0: all I need <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wasn't yeah. sure if you time traveled and went back to um Comet Kingdom and then came back and show yeah. us what you got
2: <laughs> yeah that's what they look like that's what they remind me of that's why they're so appealing so collecting cool stuff that's my entry
1: all right well for the next episode i'm gonna uh have something on deck to show cool like I, I got i got a handful of things like that for sure man Absolutely. i collect some stuff aaron that's right don't don't count greg out look i'm behind, counting man. them in i'm him in i know look yeah, that's some stuff.
2: You got some. Stuff. It's all some dark. Stuff back
0: it's back. dark
1: though. We can't really
0: see. It, I know. Yeah. That's. I'm not giving it away.
1: That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's it all planned. You've
2: that's seen, enough of, that right. yeah, you've seen yeah. enough
1: of that one. That's You've seen enough of that one. Greg is very, very professional. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was just pointing.
0: Well, well, don't. <laughs>
2: don't don't point.
1: <laughs> all right. We're gonna um talk about a little bit of Voyager 3 news really quickly before we move on to the rest of the show. A couple really cool things coming up. First of all, we have a Black Friday sale happening where uh, we have some new stuff to offer and we have free shipping on all orders over $35 for the United States. Uh, So all the uh, contiguous U.S. orders over $35 get free shipping. We have a brand new shirt that we're calling The Portal pretty fun pretty sci-fi and we're also going to be offering um some new york ninja vinyl uh the green uh colored one so uh that's been sold out so you'll have a chance to get some we have a limited amount that we're going to put up on the voyager three store v-o-y-a-g-3r store.com and uh another really awesome awesome thing is that the new york ninja comic book is finally out it's the sequel in comic book form written and illustrated by Charles Forsman so if you want to get a copy of it you have to go to your local comic book shop and they should have some and if you're in the Michigan area on Saturday December 3rd we're doing a free all-ages concert at Comics and More in Madison Heights Michigan and Showtime is 4 p.m and we'll be there having our merch and comics and more has a huge stack of new york ninja comic books we'll be signing stuff hanging out fist bumping and most importantly playing songs from all of our albums including some songs from new york ninja so that's going to be a heck of a good time on saturday december 3rd all right on v3cast you know we love to talk about sci-fi horror movies films books all that kind of good stuff so thought it was a cool idea to talk about what is your favorite book that made it to a film eventually sometimes they're on the mark sometimes they're not sometimes it depends did you read the book first or did you see the movie first so it's a whole lot of variables there depending on uh what order you've done things in but um Greg how about you man
0: man you threw me a softball this week
1: okay (laughs) this
0: episode everybody knows my answer right do I even have to say it out loud I, I, I'm read pretty it sure ever made.
2: yeah what is it we know it's called jaws mm-hmm.
0: yeah that's right and to answer steve's question i definitely saw the movie first because that you know i wasn't going to read a book that long at that age uh, so what i did was i went back to the book because um, i had heard that it was slightly different than the movie you know there's an affair between Chief Brody's wife and Matt Hooper and then, you know, the book is more tied in with like all the politics of the the island. You know, there's a little bit of that in the movie, but the book focuses even a bit
1: more on that. Hmm.
2: So, I, don't like, really like, I, I don't like this affair thing. I don't like that.
1: You don't like that? <laughs> no, I don't, you know don't like it. Mean? That's giving Aaron just the wrong vibes.
2: So I don't think we need that. We don't need that I, in a shark movie.
0: Well, it does make the story i mean it does add some drama yeah i'll, I'll give it lots give of it drama that. too much drama. But, uh, <laughs> too much
1: <laughs> too much drama
0: it should be about three guys killing a shark and that's enough that's what i'm right. saying
1: right god yeah so Steve, when steven spielberg developed that he, he's he shared aaron's sentiment i guess <laughs> he really boiled we're it not, down
2: we're not going down that <laughs> route man right <laughs> <laughs> that's making uh, me very sad who was the author of Jaws? peter benchley benchley
0: Hmm. do you know he's in the movie oh i did not know that he has a cameo in the movie he's the news reporter on the island when he you know on the beach when the news reporter's kind of saying you know you know this dark cloud over amity island or whatever it is he says right right there that's peter benchley the guy that's awesome
1: nice sweet i love um, when they do stuff like that
0: <laughs> yeah so i watched I, I read the book like probably in high school you know i'm thinking i found you know just went to the library got it and read it and i didn't like it just like aaron said i don't need all that other you know like it, the movie kind of ruins it right because the movie is just better <laughs> that's my personal opinion i think most people would probably agree the movie is better than the book even the way, like, the shark is killed in the book is kind of like anticlimactic. So, yeah, like, you understand why Spielberg did what he did. Right. And, uh, I mean, not to say that it's a bad book. And I even, I believe I even got this, I even listened to the audio book like within the past maybe five to 10 years. And I, and I was like, well, maybe I'll like it better if I listen to it one more time. Yeah. And it's just, it's just kind of, it just kind of, it's very, Spielberg took the best parts of the book and made them better. So that's, that's my, that's my pick. And this was a softball. It
2: was easy. (laughs) Uh, you want to go next, Aaron? Sure. Um, for mine, I gave myself some sort of criteria. I said, um, it has to be something you read first because there's so many things that I've seen and then read the book later, you know, um, including like some of my favorite movies of all time. So I wanted to, um, challenge myself in that way. Um, the idea of reading the book first and then waiting for the movie because there's that anticipation, there's that anxiousness or anxiety or whatever about if they're going to mess, mess the the movie up, if they're going to, you know, ruin the book or whatever. So, um, I thought about a few different ones, but my pick is, is Watchmen. Um, because, um, you know, it was written in, it was put out in 1986, Alan Moore and, and, uh, David Gibbons, um, on art, Alan Moore on writing. And it was, it's, it was, it was such an Epic story that it changed comic books. You know, I mean, that and the dark Knight uh, returns in, in 86, they both changed comic books in, in, in big ways. I didn't read it then though. I read it in about 96. Um, a friend of mine back at college recommended it and, and, uh, he knew I liked comic books and he's like, you gotta, you gotta get into the, you gotta dive into the deep end with Watchmen, you know, cause I had read, all the normal sort of mainstream comics. And he's like, you got to read something really dark. So I read it. I loved it. Um, it was, it's huge. It's a huge dense story and it was amazing, but it made it really hard to film. So they tried to film it. They tried to make a movie out of Watchmen like two or three or four times, you know, Terry Gilliam got pretty, pretty close to doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, he ended up saying himself that it's just unfilmable, you know? And, uh, um darren aronofsky was attached to make it uh years later and you know a few other people and it just kept falling apart so when they said that zach uh zach snyder was gonna was gonna make it i i said well i'll believe it when i see it you know i like i liked him at the time he had not done much he had done dawn of the dead and uh and 300. 300 uh and i said you know he's cool um but i i don't believe he's gonna uh, pull the movie off so when i I wouldn't believe it until i saw the trailer and i saw the trailer and it blew me away and i started getting you know just a little bit of hope for it but not not through the roof hope tempered hope (laughs) and um, when i saw the movie i thought it was pretty perfect um what they changed i had no problem with um you know some big stuff some little stuff but i thought you know they can't change any page of the comic book they can change things and adapt it for the movie but they can't go backwards and and screw up a comic book that came out in 1986. So more than 20 years after the comic came out, uh, they finally put it on screen and I thought they did a, just a great job. Uh, I thought it was a great cast. Uh, Rorschach stole the show, uh, but everybody was great. All the characters had their moments and everything. And and I thought Zack Snyder really um, just pulled it off, just nailed it. So um, yeah. I remember yeah, really and,
1: liking it, but I never, yeah. I never read the, the book i just came at it cold but it was it was well done
2: yeah
1: it was, Steve it went was right cool. to watch in the movie Like
0: That's right. i'm not it was reading cool. the book
2: <laughs> why would i um no it was just a it, it went from being unfilmable to i mean i think like i said pretty perfect and uh i mean not everybody's going to agree with that but whatever
1: well i uh I chose one I didn't I didn't do any kind of thing where like I had to have not seen the film or read it first whatever I just kind of picked one that uh, that really stuck out to me and um, this one I saw the film first um, because I didn't even know that it was a book until later on Uh, and then I never forget this it was uh, uh, in college Aaron we were living together and I went to the Detroit Public Library and got the book and read it in one night. And I was like, this is so amazing. This is crazy good. But uh, Planet of the Apes um, by the French author, uh, Pierre Boll. And uh, the book is amazing. It's very different from the mm-hmm. film. Um, and, you know, some, I, I would imagine probably some people who have seen the film and if they go read that, they might be like, what is going on? It's, it's so different. But to me, I was just open to anything Planet of the Apes. Um and it I didn't care of the differences like the the apes are like more advanced they're more yeah. like um uh humans now I guess roughly you yeah. know maybe not exactly the same but in the film Planet of the Apes it's very much more primitive uh horseback you know that kind of thing um a lot more superstitious or uh you know bound to the faith if you will type of mm-hmm. type of a thing so when and by the way the book came out in 1963 and the first planet of the apes film came out in 1968 so it wasn't that long before you know somebody realized hey this could be a really cool film and they started developing it um but yeah the book is amazing it's pretty short read I read it in one night I don't even own it because the copy I read hopefully is still at the Detroit Public Library right now maybe one of these days I'll 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 check out the same book again and be like hey remember me (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and read it again man but uh yeah and then obviously um and anything else with Planet of the Apes the the rest is history there was you know the five original films that are all great I know some people think that the last couple aren't that great but I love every single one um I even like the TV show um wasn't a big fan of the Tim Burton one but then the redo's, you know later on you know like recently um, I've seen the first two and I still have yet to see the third one so uh, I'm very much looking forward
2: to uh wrapping that uh you know newer trilogy up soon yeah definitely watch it it's just as good as the first two so yeah I actually just watched the first one rise of the planet of the Apes um just two days ago uh for the first time in a few years nice and it's even better than I remember i mean I was like oh my god movie has not lost anything so that's great yeah so it held up i
1: i I like the development of of uh when caesar was put into the um you know kind of the the animal jail i guess you want to call that um and how he quickly you know made camaraderie with with uh especially that very smart orangutan
2: yeah and
1: they kind of like started communicating and then it just built up their trust and uh when he defeated that one um uh that Rocket. Other chimp. Yeah, and and so so you know he was the head honcho of the of the bunch, and then everything yeah. just started rolling, man, and he 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 was he was uh calling the shots.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, totally. Yeah, and that they um the original too, like you know, for for people of of our generation, like little kids like kind of stumbling upon that movie on like a Saturday afternoon and going, Oh my God, it's the coolest
1: thing ever. Oh yeah. yeah. I uh, still remember the first time I saw it and I'll never forget it. It
2: was unbelievable. And I, I rented that book from the library too, probably a month after you did. Yeah, And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's great book and, and a great series and, you know, a cool book for a, for a, like a sort of a, I think we were teenagers to read yeah. um because it wasn't too long you know like as 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 younger kids I did probably didn't want to read anything too long back then
1: you know so. right exactly like we, we weren't about to jump into the stand or anything like that <laughs> <laughs> no
2: no <laughs> <laughs> mailbag this is a, a short mailbag, short and sweet. Blogjammer, <laughs> last last time we talked about the uh 20 year anniversary of a bunch of movies and he pointed out Jason X, which is a great one. Oh yeah, um, we
1: saw it at the theater. I remember it vividly. Yeah.
2: So that was cool. That was uh, you know, them just throwing the rule book out the window <laughs> for Friday the 13th. By the way,
0: yeah it has one of the most creative kills in any jason
1: movie which one is that yeah you gotta remind me of that one
0: where he like pushes her head down into the the that liquid that like freezes her face instantly and then he just smashes her entire head uh, into like a million pieces on the edge of the desk
1: nice. you know in hindsight now because i forgot about that i saw it one time at the theater originally now that's like a Mortal Kombat inspiration if you ask me yeah yeah it's good, well, it's like, cool. cry, it's good.
0: like a like a cryogenic liquid or something he like yeah for her sure and it, and it, and they, the the shot is like from inside the sink up at her face and you see it all like crystallized nice. yeah then he just yanks her head out and smashes it on the desk and it nice. shatters straight
2: <laughs> the other thing is BL Fisher talked about his most disappointing follow-up to a classic album and he pointed out a, a good one uh the transition from and justice for all to the black album which you know in my opinion the black album isn't even bad i like it but compared to justice for all right, right. yeah it's I mean, different com- compared to well, justice it- for all it's a it's a it's such a monumental shift and and you know an entire generation of metallica fans were pretty much like kind of left in the dark um coming from you know their their first four albums so such a solid sort of line through all of them and then the black album is just like a kind of a rug on uh, pulled out from under you, you know because it was so drastically different and um streamlined and stripped down and and very processed and um you know so yeah, i said that, it in
0: the comments uh skid row put out a heavier record that year,
1: <laughs> right well that's right. right slave to the grind right
0: yeah slave to the grind was heavier than the black Album.
2: yeah yeah and then because of the black like the black album sent these waves through the whole metal the whole metal community because then it was so commercially successful and so um kind of you know the edge was taken off that all these other bands were like we got to do something like that if we want to sell right. so so many bands like watered their sound down and wanted to get on the radio and yeah, it was kind of that, those that was felt for 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 years before kind of uh metal came back sort of focused you know
1: yeah
0: i'm with you though like when you listen to the black Album, now it's actually pretty good because yeah. i saw how shitty metallica could get they, yeah, they right. That's right. So be careful what they you wish for. Continued, <laughs> they kind of continued to prove to me how bad they could get. Yeah. You know, and you know, the black album in retrospect is actually not that bad.
2: That's true. Yeah. What's up, great? Uh Steve, what what do you have? Our buddy Tim, Tim
1: James, who helps us out sometimes and uh <clears> comes to shows and hangs out sometimes. He had an in-person mailbag. I I saw him a couple of weeks ago and and he was asking about uh New York Ninja and the recording kind of in the writing uh and and the question was can can we play New York Ninja live like the whole album and I I told him that uh I would say probably like 95 percent of it I think can be performed live without leaving out too much because when I was coming up with the like uh you know structures that that I would email to you guys right I kept that in my in my mind as much as possible like hey I, I might have to play some of these songs so i can't have like you know five synth parts going um, right because i can't physically play that um, so between like an arpeggio going and maybe the sequencer going and then i have two hands after that um everything is pretty much playable um and there's a few exceptions where the need to have it sound a certain way outweighed me making sure that if we choose to play song x live we can so most of it yes can be played live and there's a few here and there i don't even know which ones i would have to like like sit down and listen to it but uh yeah. most of it was was designed to be able to be played live like all of our songs you know i still wanted to keep that motivation i know we all did um yeah. so this is a couple slivers where it needed to have that part and i might not be able to physically have another arm to play that part so yeah. You know, whatever. But yeah, most of it well, uh, is uh, playable,
2: livable, <laughs> playable. But it would take us oh a long time to practice that. <laughs> like to to play come, all thirty in a row. Yeah, you know, an uh, uh, hour and fifteen minutes. It would take a lot of practice, but oh, it yeah. is playable. It is. Yeah, playable.
1: and and you know, at, at every two, three weeks or every month, we add uh, another track. Like we just added uh roller ninja to the set so that's a little spoiler for you um we'll be playing that song next time anybody sees us live if anybody recalls we did a deep dive uh into our very first release which was the victory in the battle chamber seven inch now we're going to bring you another deep dive into our first full-length record which was released in 2015 it's called doom fortress Anybody have any uh, particular fun memories from those sessions? I know mine was uh, being at the Temper Mill in particular because I absolutely love that studio. And, yeah. uh You know, all the vintage gear. We recorded that on a Harrison 32 input console um, that went right to a uh, Sony MCI 24-track tape machine. And so that was a highlight for me. I love that gear. I love being around that stuff. So uh, that's how that album was recorded.
2: Yeah. Um, I have a some notes like in order of songs. Um, I remember, uh, and that, so a lot of it's little moments. I, I and summoning the forgotten ones. One of the earliest songs we ever wrote, probably like the third song we ever wrote. And uh I always love every time I listen to that song till till til now. Um, in the verse when you go boom 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 boom, you do oh, that yeah, weird ass right. little swing like yeah I don't know it sounds like a a sickle coming and chopping somebody's head off um I don't (laughs) even know what you do but I like it right 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 uh for the
1: technicalness I just uh add a uh a a LFO uh to Mm. the filter so it just kind of makes it start to freak out and 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 waver and wobble and when it's already using like an FM synthesis which is like metallic-y sounding is a simple way to describe that kind of sound because it's a bell so it's yeah. got the FM synthesis, which is like a later uh, advancement in, in, uh, in synthesis. Uh, mm-hmm. We have like more, a little bit more real sounds. Uh, like the DX7 is a great example. The Yamaha DX7 is a great example of when FM synthesis came in. <laughs> Hell so yeah. Just kind of mess with it <laughs> and go nuts, you know? <laughs>
2: Love it. <laughs> i love it yeah
1: everything steve said we love it yeah don't ask the synth and production nerd uh how a sound was made because i would literally mm, tell you
2: <laughs> talk to me baby tell me about steve, steve will do a whole
1: episode <laughs> on how
0: that sound was made
2: do you guys have any notes for something oh
1: yeah um i didn't do it by song okay. i i, I, I do, do for that. that one it's that exact part as a matter of fact so the bell part is yeah. uh pretty cool because when we the first day we started tracking the drums uh you know we, you always walk around the temper mill and see what kind of fun stuff is laying around because there's always awesome stuff laying around and, and I saw this uh those little toy pianos yeah I'm like oh I'm gonna layer that this toy piano with the part yeah. that I play normally and obviously live that's not there but it doesn't need to be live right but, but I added that to the yeah uh, recording and then they're blended together and so you can't you know it sounds like one sound but it's got that extra chaoticness and it's a little bit out of tune because it's a like little bit out of the piano yeah. it's it's wonderful
2: yeah and it's like it's got no sustain it's just like ting 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 yeah it's very and attacking. you played it and, and we, that was perfect that that well, would have never happened anywhere else you know you just found it you're like hey here we go, and this little thing is like this big. Yeah, it's this you little know, toy like, thing. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna put a mic on this thing. That was it. Yeah, yeah. that was awesome. I Very almost forgot stuff. about
1: that. Oh, and Greg, you played your awesome uh, black DW kit. I remember I saw some photos a couple of days ago. I, I looked back to photos, and that's the kit that was mic'd up in there.
0: Well, that's the point I was going to make about Doom for the transition from the EP to Doom Fortress was that um, that that's the first record where I actually played my drums. Yeah. Um, on Victory of Battle Chamber, we used uh, the studio drums.
1: Yeah, which I think are um, a Slingerlin kit, right? I think it's either Slingerlin or Ludwig, but it's Blue Sparkle. Yeah, I thought it was Ludwig. We got pictures of it i don't know it might be it it, it could be either one uh but the same era like i would want i want to say it's like 50s or 60s era and um that uh, we talked about this before but we we set up the that kit with the baffles so it was very dead and contained sounding did not do that for doom fortress More more studio rock drums yeah the
0: dw kit is definitely a, a different beast it's like a 24 inch kick with 13 and 18 toms you oh, know, the, so it's just the floor like, tom on that sizes. kit is
1: monstrous. <laughs> it's yes. like a
0: kick drum. <clears throat> Things ridiculous.
2: Yeah. So so awesome. For uh one's true intentions, you know, I did I did like a different tuning for that because when I was when you had sent over the uh, initial uh you know tune the, the initial idea for the song and I'm sitting in this room actually. Um <laughs> uh, coming up with the guitar part for it that I heard in my head, but it was a little hard to play. So I said, well, I'm going to cheat. So I, I <laughs> untuned two of the strings and I don't even remember what I tuned them to. I I'd have to find it. And, uh, but I always just kind of go by ear and it made it easier to play and more functional. So yeah. that, uh, is, I don't do that all the time because that would be a pain in the ass to be tuning guitars all the time. Um, I did that for that one, and then and then what I like about that song, at least for guitar, is uh, in the solo, I'm like climbing up to uh, right at the end of the solo, I'm bending, bending, bending the shit out of the string, and it breaks, and you can hear it break, and we kept it. We of course that's the the take we used, and kept it in the song, yeah. um, and it sounds like like you know like <clears throat> like a tornado or something in my mind like cause we put some effects on it. I can't remember what it was that, that string breaking of course makes the solo to in my mind, you know, right? No, for sure,
1: man. It's like the, um, triumphant, uh, ending for sure. Mm -hmm. And, uh, what I'm trying to think of, uh, yeah, I remember we were doing a handful of takes of that solo beforehand It's probably what wore out the string, but we were kind of like, kind of going like, okay we like that part they oh do oh yeah do that part again right and then that final take it was like all the best bits that that you were coming up with and you just played it straight through and then boom that string man I, yeah. I remember like kind of carving through the the jungle you know Oh yeah. here go down this road boom, boom boom and then you came up with the perfect combo of
2: stuff it was it was Good fun deal. that was great you, I think every guitarist wants to have a <clears throat> broken string on recording yeah because uh it's it's real man it's real
1: that's right that's right it's not a plug-in this is real no. <laughs> oh man what else about that song oh oh <clears throat> one of my favorite things it's not technically uh you know mind-blowing as far as like if somebody would you know talk about how fast somebody can play or 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 whatever it's but it's very simple but it's the first time you hit a chord in the whole song when it kind of kicks in um and the chord is just so monstrous um so i i I always love that chord when it hits solidly um after it kicks it kicks in uh, after the kind of breakdown part i always love that
0: i think robert fripp would be uh pleased to hear that aaron like just created some tuning on his guitar to make it easier
1: that's right, <laughs> right. Yeah, he's, his ears would perk up is that the new standard tuning which which, which <laughs> tuning is it <laughs> right. talk to me about this tuning Aaron. <laughs> yeah so. I do want to bring that back into the set because I I, I really like that song and we haven't played that in, in a handful of years because we keep putting out new records and there's only yeah. so much time in the set which is goes back to the yeah, Ninja songs, question man.
2: from earlier. We got a lot of songs yes we got indeed. plenty plenty of songs oh yeah and then how
1: does side one finish i'm talking about the vinyl version of course we there's only got, six um, songs on doom fortress
2: doom fortress escape and that's a nice solid one you know it comes in with no intro no lead in or anything it's just all three of us bam and i like that um and that one as far as guitar i got to <laughs> I got to do the Gojira pick drag in that song, (laughs) which I, for years, I didn't know how they did it. I couldn't understand it to make that like weird, you know, shriek sound. And uh, it sounded so cool. And I thought it had to be the hardest thing to do in the world. And then I saw them live and I watched every time they did that. I watched that they weren't doing anything fancy. They were, their, their, their hand, their right hand wasn't moving anywhere, you know, that I couldn't, wasn't anything out of reach. So I finally realized, oh my God, they're just dragging their pick across the string. It's the easiest thing to do, right, but right. it sounds like it would be so complicated. So I was like, well, I got to do that in a song. So uh, <laughs> so probably the, the week I figured out how Gujira does it, I uh, incorporated it into the writing of um, Doom Fortress Escape. And I'm proud of That's that. That's awesome. Huh?
1: Yeah. See, inspiration um, floating around everywhere and we didn't even know it.
2: I mean you knew it I didn't know it (laughs) and uh I like also how at the end of that one you kind of you slow it down and and slowly uh kind of make make it chaotic and oh um, right yeah like
1: pitch it down
2: yeah and add delay yeah 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 for
1: sure that was that uh I still have it but it's that Moger Foger, uh the white delay pedal um that's what I used on that one
2: for sure boxy yeah. Delay, right.
1: Yeah. 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 It's, it's like, but it's so nice. Like, I would never take it out and put it on the floor. It's just, it's too nice for that. It's like, it's like furniture.
2: <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> it's got the man. nice you sides. To, <laughs> you might have to put it on the floor. You never know you never what know. kind of project you might end up using it for. That's true. That's true. You, you know. got all
1: kinds of tools and, and and weapons, so you never know what you know. what you have to grab. Inside, the
2: first song on side two. That's in the hands of the computers yes the main thing I have the note I have about that is just the title um you know like go ahead see where where's that title come from it it ties into what we've been talking about it ties
1: into what we've talking about earlier um it's a it's a it's a line that uh Charlton Heston's character Taylor says at the very beginning of the original Planet of the Apes film when it's kind of the shot of the inside of the ship and he's kind of narrating what's going on. I think it's even before he's on screen. I'm pretty sure. Um, And he says, now we're in the hands of the computers because they go into like hypersleep and this autopilot for the ship. Um, So I thought that was a really cool line. I've always liked that line for years and years and years. So there was the time to finally pluck it and use it for a song title. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What I like about that one is
0: it's like very minimal and, you know, on purpose. I remember talking about how, you know, I really liked that you know i like a lot of that minimal ambient like droney sort of electronic music i've always liked that stuff and so like when we had that one i, I was like pretty adamant like i don't want to do too much with it you know what i mean i want it to yeah. just stay like this sort of like thing that just keeps kind of going you know right, and right. uh and it's a perfect break too because i mean we just talked about uh Doom yeah, fortress, Doom fortress escape. escape so like it was the perfect like come down from that you know what i mean because you, yeah. you can't do too much of that and and it really you know adds some depth i think to you know what we offer as a band you know we don't want to like overstay your welcome too much in any of like the different things that we try to do <laughs> so yeah it's yeah, good it's for fun, variation yeah. and mixing it up and you know not always having to be like so over the top and like Com- complicated right just really got the point across and what we were trying to achieve yeah. without doing overthinking it kind of thing, you know,
2: very, very true.
0: Um, all right, what's we, next? What's the next trial?
2: We got El Nero. First and, video. You know, that's our video. And that was a lot of fun. Um, and you know, as years go by, it's easier to say <laughs> like, Oh yeah. You know, uh, I was kind of going for an Alan Parsons project. Um, um serious eye in the sky you know the intro of serious uh everybody knows that. It's the 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 uh the lakers used to come out to it right the lakers oh are the yeah Bullets. yeah yeah um shoot i don't know which team but i definitely I know the that lakers summer. and it's it's like just such an iconic it's actually synth but for years i thought it was guitar it sounds like guitar to me Yeah,
1: it's a very kind um, of a
2: plucky yeah like, patch yeah and so when i when i was when you you'd sent your your parts over for that song, and I heard what you were doing, and my mind went, "Well, he's playing these long notes, long drawn out notes. I'm going to play something that's quick notes to counteract that, so we won't be playing the same thing." And um, and then I came up with this like delay, you know, loop riff, and I was like, "Kind of sounds like Alan Parsons Project," and that's a good thing, so we'll stick with
0: it. Um, <laughs> there you go. The other thing I'll say about Il Guanto Nero is this: this is the first of many songs that are a, a tip of the hat to uh, Italian giallo mm. films, right?
2: Yep, that was oh, our yeah. first Italian title. Steve likes to come I, up with I, one yeah. Italian so we title we, we yeah
0: we try to sneak an <laughs> Italian title into almost every record, I think, except right. for maybe New York
2: Ninja, right? It, and you know the thing about it is, and that's cool to do that. But I'm a little disappointed, Steve, as far as the Italian thing goes, that you haven't even seen <laughs> The Godfather. <laughs> like, That's a good Come point. On,
1: I've seen yeah. so many other Italian films, but yes, not that one. Right. You've seen yeah, all the have...
2: Giallos, Dario Argeno, and Fulci, and not you know, not The Godfather? Right. Yeah, <laughs> we so learned fun.
0: that about Steve prior to the podcast starting. So yeah. That's right. Here's a, I don't think we were on the air yet when we learned that. I, I, I got to get on that.
1: And the thing is I bought them on Blu-ray cuz I know that I'm going to oh watch gosh, them. He has them on so, Blu-ray. They're ready to go when Dude. I have some time. You're All right. You're killing your cousin. You're killing me. Now's the
2: moment I'm issuing a Cam Floyd challenge right <laughs> now. Oh yeah. You. I don't fucking I don't care if it's tomorrow or 2 months from now. <laughs> no, 2 months is too long. Right. You That's have too long. To watch The Godfather. Right. Get on it. That's right. It's only it looks- 3 hours long. The last one on the album, Lord of Doom Fortress, I love that song. The the only, like, as far as behind-the-scenes stuff that nobody would probably ever know, is that we we were, since we were doing the stuff on vinyl, physical vinyl, you know, before digital, like, we were thinking about vinyl first, and um, we were running out of time on the album, so that song had to be sort of truncated. If we had had all the time in the world, that song would have been probably, uh, a minute or two longer right how long do we play it live more solo probably at the end there's a solo I think everybody
0: I think everybody wants more solo at the end (laughs) I think (laughs) that's the number one thing we've heard (laughs) for good reason
1: yeah I remember reading a a comment one time or an email or something where somebody was like please tell me there's like enough another mix where it doesn't fade out and we're like no it's like a three minute three minute
2: outro (laughs) (laughs) right right Um, and we have a longer intro for that song live too. So that's the thing, you know, come to shows and you'll get to see that song uh, and hear it in its entirety. Um, but that was, I think, um, but it was an earlier example of the rule of three. When did we do it in the intro? We don't do the intro four times when we all kick in, we, we do it three times instead of four. So, um, we do that we know, whenever we feel like it in That's our right, songs. It. And uh, yeah, that was cool.
1: It comes up once in a while. And uh, I think probably my favorite part of of that song, well, it's, it's kind of got different movements because like, the ending is very fun where kind of like the horns bring in that last part and then it kicks in and there's a guitar solo. But I would say that the middle part is very sinister uh yeah. you know, obviously being scored for this fictitious lord of doom fortress you kind of want to give him a uh, menacing theme right but the this intro guy? yeah the yeah, intro though is sort of not like that either so it's got like kind of three distinct movements in there so mm-hmm. that's kind of fun um i mean I, all songs have parts but these like kind of feel more separated to me like almost like like, like i say like movements so it's yeah. cool and and the ending one uh kind of is like redemption to me it's kind of kind of right. cool you know and it hits uh it's kind of you know halftime beat it's fun and uh yep. heavy heavy you know like you'd imagine like if it's the book or the, the film uh some heavy shits happening you know yeah
2: um, yeah and and I liked um when we were writing that song we were like hey why don't we bring in the intro riff for Doom Fortress Escape right. bring it into this song and that was the first time we had, um, started experimenting with themes and recurring themes in the album. And so I think that's why we ended up calling that song Lord of Doom fortress. It had a different title at first. And then we, we wanted to connect those two songs and then that ended up making us call the whole album doom fortress, you know? Yeah, so yeah. so that kind was of kind of, it all. yeah, that was crucial.
1: Okay. So since we're talking about doom fortress, let's go over those, uh, formats really quickly because that's a fun part of it too to you know like uh not only the songs and maybe some of the production and some of the behind the scenes uh mojo and thought process but it was on it was done on vinyl and on cd and on cassette uh so we did a very limited edition uh voyager 3 gold record um which was sold out very fast because i think a lot of people were picking up you know the kind of vibe of the voyager spacecraft and how they have gold records on them um so that was sold out pretty quickly and then uh oh we did black as well um yeah i mean because when scotty did the second pressing of it
2: i know we did that translucent purple i want to mention the the insanely awesome album cover by slasher dave yes Um, he did a masterful job on that one he knocked it out of the park and that you know he did our seven inch too so we were we we had high expectations for our full-length album and he just like just nailed it yeah um
1: i was walking through the vegas airport when i got his text with
2: that picture in there and i'm like we're done we're done (laughs) we got it (laughs) and i keep that uh, i have a a button of it a square button of it on my (coughs) jean jacket my jean jacket that uh, it's the only button I have on it right now. It's just Doom Fortress, so yeah. Everybody can look at look at my button with envy.
1: Cool. Yeah. Well, we hope everybody has enjoyed this twentieth episode of V3 Cast. We've been doing this for one year. We're Voyager Three. We're a band. We also do a podcast. So if you've had fun and if you like these kind of topics, go ahead and smash the like button and subscribe and check us out on voyag3r.com we post our shows we post when we have a new v3cast up and we have a store uh voyag3rstore.com and until next time this has been v3cast